0: Welcome to dollarcollapse.com with John Rubino, your ringside seat for the global financial crisis. Hi, everybody. This is John Rubino from dollarcollapse.com. It is Wednesday, December 30th, almost the end of 2015. So, this is a good time to talk about gold, which has been in a bear market for virtually uh, the last four years for Americans. But if you um, look overseas, at how gold has performed in countries using other currencies, you get a very different picture. Most of the world's currencies are down against the dollar in the last couple of years, which means relative to the euro or the Canadian dollar, and and certainly relative to virtually any Latin American currency, gold is actually doing just fine. If you look at gold in Canada, for instance, versus the Canadian dollar, it's up about 17% in the last two years, which means it has been a pretty good hedge against currency trouble, which is its main function. So the people who bought gold wanting to hedge themselves against uh, a potential fall in the Canadian dollar are actually pretty happy right now. And this leads to a very interesting conclusion when you're looking at the gold mining stocks. Because if you're a gold miner in a weak currency country, you're getting paid on, on the open market probably in dollars for your gold, but your expenses are largely in your weaker local currency and that tends to improve the uh, economic terms of production for you. If you look at Gold Corp, for instance, which is a big Canadian miner its all-in sustaining cost has fallen by about $200 an ounce in the past year. In other words, it's costing them less and less to produce their gold. And that's more than offsetting the decrease in price in U.S. dollar terms. So the economics of mining gold in a lot of the world are actually improving. And so that means in 2016, assuming that today's environment continues for another year, the gold miners should begin to produce positive comparisons year over year. In other words, next year's third quarter earnings should be higher than this year's third quarter earnings were for a lot of the big miners. And they're going to be virtually alone in the world in producing positive comparisons. And so that's going to make them interesting for value investors, first of all, and for momentum investors. So I think the uh, the year ahead should be a lot more favorable for the gold mining stocks than the last couple of years were, certainly. And it could set the stage for renewal of the bull market that gold bugs enjoyed for 12 straight years, beginning in 2000. So gold bugs, the year ahead is going to be a lot more favorable, I think, than the last couple of years. So relief is coming. Now, let's switch gears to something more theoretical and more applicable to most people's lives. The past few years, monetary policy of aggressively buying back bonds with newly created currency and basically just flooding the world with new money has kept a deflationary collapse at bay, but at the cost of massive increases in debt virtually everywhere in the world. And so now this debt overhang is making it impossible for most of the economies of the world to grow. You know, Europe, Japan, China, and most of Latin America are all either in recession or right on the edge of it. And um with huge amounts of debt, with unsustainable amounts of debt, that's an unacceptable situation because – even a small garden variety recession can lead to a really horrendous financial crisis if you're over leveraged, if you've got too much debt, because the, the debt starts to default. And that exacerbates the effect of, you know, a 15 or 20% drop in stock prices and a 2 or 3% drop in consumer spending. You know, these are things that happen normally in the course of a capitalist economy. But if you Begin that process with too much debt, you end up with a very serious crisis, possibly a depression. You know, that's what we would have had in 2010, 2011, if we hadn't gone to these extraordinary monetary lengths in order to prevent it from happening. So now we're right back there again. And a lot of people are proposing some even more radical solutions to this current problem. One of the really interesting proponents of new economic policy is Australian economist Steve Keen. He was just on Max Kaiser's show, where he proposed something that he's been talking about for a while and uh, gave it a new name. And it used to be a debt jubilee that he was talking about, where uh, today's governments updated the biblical concept of periodic elimination of lots of debt. Governments would just decree that uh, big chunks of their citizens' debt would be wiped out. You know That hurt the money lenders, but it helped the vast majority of citizens who had gotten deeply into debt and allowed them to start consuming again, which meant the economy could grow, et cetera, et cetera. Well, we're in a, a much worse position than any previous society in terms of debt. And so now people are starting to talk about doing that again, one way or another. And Steve Keen's proposal is that basically um, what they're now calling QE for the people, where the past bailouts given in the wake of the, um, the Great Recession were to big banks, where they basically just guaranteed bank loans or uh, dumped a bunch of money on bank balance sheets. This time around, the relief will be aimed at average borrowers. The government will create a huge amount of new currency and then give it to people with the proviso that those people use that money to pay off their debts. So the banks are made whole, people get their debt reduced, and presumably, theoretically, the economy can start growing again because we're starting from a lower base of, um, of leverage. Now, this is being combined theoretically out there with something called modern monetary theory, which says that governments in the modern world, armed with unlimited printing presses and fiat currencies, really don't have to go through this whole, you know, tax their citizens and then borrow a lot of money to cover their deficits thing that governments currently do. And they can just create the money and spend it, not have to tax anybody, not have to borrow any money, and then just run themselves as they see fit with newly created currency. Now you combine those two ideas and you get what we will probably see by the end of 2016. And that's going to sound extremely attractive to over indebted people and countries that are becoming ungovernable and, and governments that really can't manage their finances anymore. But of course, the fatal flaw in this kind of policy is that it allows governments to define their needs in other words um, governments will print as much new money as it takes to um, do the things that government should be doing as defined by the government and human nature being what it is if you allow someone to define their own needs their needs become infinite, right? You, uh, If you ask somebody what they want and what they need, they're, they're going to give you a long wish list. And in the real world, you have to prioritize. You have to um, figure out what you can have and what you can't have given your resources. Well, if you give governments unlimited resources effectively, which is what modern monetary theory appears to offer and what the concept of a, a debt jubilee or QE for the people also appears to offer, then you've created a monster. Now, some of the proposals out there come with limits on the size of government relative to GDP or some other measure of government growth, which in theory would limit the ability of government to create unlimited amounts of currency and toss it out into the system and do whatever it wants. In other words, you put the potential monster in a cage. Unfortunately, governments are the ones that define their own size. You know, they're the ones who make up the GDP numbers. So if you give them an unlimited printing press tell them to live within some kind of a measure of their own size, then they're just going to change the calculation of their own size in a way that's favorable to them and allows them to grow to whatever extent they want to. So we'll end up with governments that basically do everything. We will effectively have put the monster in the cage, but given it the key to let itself out whenever it wants. So I think that's going to be one of the big intellectual and political battles of the year ahead, when people are going to be offering these really, really interesting free lunch kinds of proposals, where it sounds like it solves all our problems with no pain. People who see the flaws in this idea are going to have to point out That the pain won't come right away, but it will eventually come when we have these big, all-powerful governments that nobody can control. The other element of pain that's likely in all this is in the currency markets. Because once people figure out that governments are beyond anyone's control, they can grow to any extent they want to by creating new currency why would anyone hold those currencies? And so we will get the final crack up boom that uh, the sound money community has been expecting for a really long time. And we'll get it via the unlimited printing press running amok. So get ready to argue in 2016 and also get ready to protect yourself from what could be the mother of all currency crises. Okay, that's all for this week. Talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to Dollar Collapse. For regular info and updates throughout the day, go to dollarcollapse.com.